Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy coming to you now on this date of April the 4th, Saturday, 2020, as we continue with our series on the coronavirus Passover 2020. And uh, we would like to welcome all our listeners that are tuning in, whether this is your first time, second, third time, or you've been following us through the last, uh, actually to, through the last several weeks. Uh, that began when right. we began these podcasts, and um, we are are grateful. Uh, something interesting that that is happening is that the more we are opening up the scripture, the more God is showing us. And it almost seems like we're not running out of words to say, but there's not enough time to say everything that God is saying. But I believe the way the Lord has us doing it is that He's given it to us little by little, portion by portion line upon line as jeremiah said right line upon line he's given us a a picture a revelation uh and answering the questions of what is taking place today in this hour uh precisely yesterday here in our neck of the woods um about just right before 7 p.m we experienced a uh an earthquake of 4.9 now let me tell you, I've been in some very heavy, heavy earthquakes. I, I was a young man when the 1989 earthquake hit the Bay Area. I was in L.A. in the early 90s where the one that hit Ontario. So I know about earthquakes. And uh, But yesterday, even though it registered at 4.9, it sure felt like something uh, greater. It, it felt... Um, yes. Do you get what I'm saying, Fernando? I'm sure you experienced it too, and it, oh, it, it shook the house quite well. Yeah, right. And it's interesting, you know. Uh, just when we're beginning to settle down, you know, and relax with our kids, this happens, and immediately, you know, we get the young ones and put them out. But you know, in all of this, you ask yourself, what is God trying to tell us? What is God saying to us? These are signs, and. And, and the picture that kept coming to me is of a woman in travail that once those pains, uh, those pangs, those pains begin, they begin to gradually increase. So these are signs, you know, everything that is taking place, not just here, not just the earth, but there are earthquakes happening throughout the United States and throughout the world. So so God is, is speaking to us. And so, and I say these because these podcasts, literally have become a refuge, you know, for a place to gather. And, and, and literally at a time when there is no church op opening, these podcasts, the Lord is allowing us for us to gather and, and share the word and, and for God to speak to us. And, and I'm grateful for what God is doing. We are grateful for the testimonies that we are hearing uh, of what God, how people are being illuminated, how the eyes are being opened, how our how their discernment, their senses are, are growing in the spirit. And all of those things are signs that God is saying something, that God is doing something. So we're so happy to be with you. And I know today I'm excited about today, the word. The word always excites me. But even now, even more, as we begin to see what's taking place. And today we want to begin our podcast. Yesterday, as we were discussing among the panel among Brother, Brother Marty, Fernando, and, and Jeremiah, and myself, we were just discussing things. And and Brother Fernando, you you shared a a um you shared a uh, something about uh, a prophecy 
that Brother David Wilkerson gave in 1986, and it was powerful. And, and we thought we would start our podcast today with you sharing that uh, prophecy or that word that, that Brother David Wilkerson gave, listen to this, in 1986. So I'm going to leave it to you, Brother Fernando, and, uh, and share uh, that, what you shared with us. Amen, amen. Absolutely. I uh, just want to just start off quickly by uh, giving a little shout-out to Larry in Oklahoma. We want to thank you for your email. Uh, has truly blessed us. Um, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, we, we wanted to set the tone with this particular uh, prophecy that uh, the man of God, the late, great uh, David Wilkerson, gave in 1986, uh, which was a prophecy of what's taking place today. And we're going to uh, speak about it uh, a little bit and get into the Word of God because it, it, I think it beautifully connects with everything we've been saying. And it's so it's so amazing and a blessing to know that uh, what we are saying is not something new. You know, it's something that right. we have been foretold and forewarned about by many great men of God, right, that are no longer with us. Um, we, we just didn't hearken or, or take heed to the word of God uh, that they were ministering in, in their day and, and how, and, and we realize now how, how much they're missed. But I believe right. that the spirit, right, is, is, is still uh, res- residing within the, the sons, right, that, that they're, they're spiritual sons that, that, uh, uh, that heard the word that they said. Um, but but again, it's not just them. It's the word of God that speaks to an end time generation as well. So uh, these things should not catch us by surprise. But the prophecy says this, and I quote, uh, Brother Wilkerson said, I see a plague coming on the world. And the bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City. So it, it focuses on New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. Wow. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the men of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third grade awakening that will sweep America and the world. David Wilkerson in 19. 19- 86. And I'll go ahead and post this uh, prophecy as well when we in, in our uh, website and in, in our Facebook page, whenever we uh, post this podcast for those who will be listening, listening to it later. And we want to talk about that. And in particular, that word awakening. Uh, and, and Brother Marty, you can, uh, you, you can talk a little bit about that because uh, when we think of awakening today as uh, this generation has been taught. We think of revival. We think of dancing and shouting and putting on <laughs> these mega events, convent, you know, conventions or whatever that they put conferences. Yeah. These yeah. Woodstock, Woodstock-like concerts, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's that's what we've been programmed to believe. Uh, uh, a great awakening is like in our generation because of what these false prophets uh, uh, have defined an awakening alike unto. But right. I don't think that Brother Wilkerson was talking about that kind of awakening, right? He was talking about a awakening of repentance 
an awakening yeah. of, of, of preachers going back to preaching the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, uh, an awakening to crying and, and, and true intercession uh, uh, that comes from the deep recesses of the heart. Amen. I, yeah, I believe that's what he's talking about. I want I want you to just go ahead and uh, touch on that, and, and we'll get into the word and, and maybe discuss this a little bit before we do. Amen. Uh, you know that's a that was incredible when when you when you shared that with me yesterday. I mean, it was obviously reading. It's like reading the paper, right? I mean, you can't get yes. any more accurate than that. And and that is how you know that a true prophet has been amongst us, right? Because there's a lot of false prophets out there today, as as we've talked at ad infinitum over the last several hours in these podcasts. But it's important we felt that we would bring out the word of who we believe this particular word verifies he is uh, and was a prophet of the Lord. Now, the principle in the things of God has always been, as he said, I send my prophets early. And what that means is that God brings forth prophetic word, true prophetic word about coming catastrophe or judgment uh, well in advance of the things yes. that are actually prophesied, right? The That is what we see in this prophecy. Think about that, brothers. 1986, what is that? 20, 27, <laughs> I'm not good at what is it? 33 40, 30, years ago. 30, 34, yeah, yeah, 34. Years ago. And 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 at that time, who would have who would have thought it? America was in the right. midst of an incredible economic boom. Ronald Reagan was right. in the White House. It's it's really similar, isn't it? Because if if those of you who remember your history, and, and you guys probably are aware of this, you guys are so little, you probably weren't even aware of this. But but now that you're older, <laughs> you probably heard about it. <laughs> in mm. in nine in 1980, I think it was. Uh, just be- before the presidential election, um, there was a huge gathering on the Washington Mall. And at that time, America had been coming out of, of the whole Nixon years. And then, and then you know, the, the Nixon resigned in disgrace and our faith in our leaders were shaken. You know, we had come out of the JFK assassination in 63. We went into the uh, Martin Luther King assassination, the Bobby Kennedy assassination, and then the Nixon, uh, the Vietnam War, the 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 absolute deconstruction of of society as we had known it, as the young people began to rebel and became, you know, that that crazy hippie movement, the free love movement, the Woodstock you were talking about, acid, I mean, taking LSD and all that stuff, all of that was converging right. at the same same time, right? And then we come into Nixon. Where we find out that you know he had been lying to the country. So by the time Nixon resigns, the entire nation is just shaken to its core. Our, the faith in our leaders has diminished. Uh, our, our very institutions were already crumbling, which I think, by the way, began when when Kennedy uh, allowed uh, that legislation to go all the way to the Supreme Court, where they where they voted to take prayer out of out of American public school systems, and and that was sure. that was brought about by a wicked atheistic woman named Madeline Murray O'Hare, right? Murray O'Hare was her name. And and when the Supreme Court removed prayer from the school, you can see the declension or the declining, if you will, instantly almost of of moral uh of moral foundational truths uh shaken to their core. And then we end up with Kennedy being assassinated. 
like we just went through the list, you know, you have the rise of the rock and roll generation. You have the assassination of Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, the the, the Vietnam War, tens of thousands of young people dying in, in, in Southeast Asia, in Vietnam, Cambodia, all throughout there. Then you come into the Nixon years, and, and like we said, the, the corruption at the highest level, he, he resigns in disgrace. And then in 1976-77, we change administrations to a Democratic administration. I'm not preaching politics here, I'm just pointing it out. Uh, Jimmy Carter becomes president. And, and, and by that time, America is so fatigued over everything that has happened, uh, it, it, it begins to lose its, its bearings. The economy begins to, to shatter. Everything begins to fall apart. I think, if I remember correctly, in, uh, unemployment or interest rates were like at 18%. I mean, it was insane. We wow. had, wow. we had, we had, yeah, we had, uh, we had, uh, the Saudi oil embargo. I still remember during the oil embargo, uh, where they were, where they ended up having these long lines for gas they were running out of gas right and they could people couldn't fill up their cars and so they began to ration it and they did it by by if you had like an even number on your license plate you could only go fill up your tank on certain days if you had an odd number you would go on your days and and wow there's famous you can look it up google it you know uh, 19 1976 77 uh, uh, uh oil embargo and look what happened in this country there's actual documentary films where you can see people were running out of gas and, you know, famous films of people like pushing their car up to the gas station because they, they couldn't get gas when they needed it because we were rationing it. So this whole scene begins to, uh, to unfold in our country. And at the same time, we began to have a, an incredible outpouring of the spirit as the hippie generation, a good part of it began to turn to God and, and, and a big movement occurred um, on the beaches of Southern California, as a matter of fact, where men like Chuck Smith and men like him began to hold revivals on the beach, a, a true revival, a true turning to God. And the younger generation began to give its heart to the Lord and began to be baptized right there in the ocean. And out of that movement came what would become Calvary Chapel. Now, Calvary mm. Chapel isn't anything like it used to be. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's kind of thrown its hat in for the most part with the rest of the denominational world and it has uh, it has really relaxed its standards and and in many cases uh removed itself from from doctrinal uh solid foundational truth but that's not our subject for today but just to point out that it began well there was a revival and by the time we get to 70 uh 879 i think it was 79 78 yeah it was 79 that's when we were talking about the other day. Then the Iran hostage crisis takes place, and and they, 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 uh, the Shah of Iran is overthrown in in Iran in, in Iran, which is which is uh, modern day Persia, right? And we began to see the ancient spirits uh, that govern territories of the Middle East begin to rise their head in the late 70s, and 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 the prophetic uh, movement was uh, that is in biblical prophecy began to unfold though not very many people recognized it at the time. And we had the rise of militant Islam at that time when the Ayatollah Khomeini came as a triumphal false prophet from France where he had been exiled by the Shah to overthrow him. And, and the, the students of Iran captured, I think it was almost 60 plus people uh, from the United States embassy, including, including some Canadians uh, who were holed up in their embassy. But 
But that set the, the, the nation on a course of about a year of, of agony uh, and, and, and inept, inept leadership and uh, the inability to, um, to, to flex our, our might and rescue our hostages. As a matter of fact, President Carter in, in, in uh, mid-1980 sent uh, an, a force like the Navy SEALs or whatever. They were an elite force of, of soldiers uh, by night, eight helicopters filled with soldiers uh, crossing the, the desert, trying to go to Iran and, uh, and, and free our hostages in, in a daring rescue attempt. But they say that what happened was that this massive wind uh, swept the desert as our, our helicopters were going, those of you who know your history, and it, it clogged the, uh, the, the engines, the turbine, turbine engine, and brought all eight of those helicopters down just outside the deserts of Iran and killed all our soldiers. And it was as wow. if that demonic, yeah, that demonic spirit lifted up and prevented this because a shift was about to take place in the spirit. There was a great warfare taking place over this country. Well, with all that background I just laid into this, comes this skinny preacher from Tennessee by the name of David Wilkerson. That's where we get the famous stories out of the late 60s, early 70s of Brother Nicky Cruz and the cross and the switchblade and so forth, so on. Wilkerson was a powerful, powerful preacher. He was the the Pentecostal charismatic, if you will, uh, equivalent of, of a Billy Graham. He was he was a, 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 a famous evangelist before the evangelist in Baton Rouge became famous. Brother Wilkerson would travel around the world and around this country and the arenas would be filled. He was celebrated, he was lauded, he was applauded, he was welcomed by the, by the religious establishment as the rise of charismatic and Pentecostal denominationalism began to sweep the nation. And what ended up happening was in 1973, I believe it was, David Wilkerson got alone with God and God got a hold of him in the midst of, of one of the greatest um, you know, outflows of the spirit in a, in a single man's ministry and basically told him to walk away from it all. And out of that came right. that book, The Vision, right? Those of you who have a chance, you can look it up on the internet. It's a book called The Vision by David Wilkerson. In it, he predicted things like the rise of satellite technology, the ability for pornography to be accessible in every home of the world. I mean, that was outrageous back then. No one even had a concept of such thing. You know, he began to talk about the violence in the streets, the rise of militant homosexuality. It was in 73 also when the United States Supreme Court passed uh, Roe versus Wade and America began right. to, to, to remove its protection from the sanctity of children in the womb. All of this was converging and God gets a hold of this man and he begins to become a prophet of, of God. And he comes out of that with that book, which wasn't received very well. You know, the establishment yeah. turned on him, right? You guys know that. I mean, it it turned on him, and 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 I tell you what. <laughs> remember what Jesus said: "Woe be uh, every one of you. Uh, woe be unto you if everybody talks good about you." You know, he says that that's that's an indication you're not walking with God, which is really quite funny because the modern so-called prophets of our day they're 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 really celebrated, aren't they? They're lifted up. They're put right. out there. You know, the words yeah. they speak, they they just love them and embrace them. Not Brother Wilkerson which is a good indication he might have hit right on the prophetic word. But if you go back and read that book of the vision, you'll see uh, everything, almost everything has come to pass just as he said. There are yet some things in there that, that are still coming to pass, but 
Every other thing he said, it's already happened. And then comes 1986. This is where we are today. Just kind of wanted to lay some background. Because when Brother Wilkerson gave this prophecy about a plague coming to New York, which is really where it started, just like he right. said. And it would be a plague that would shake the whole world. Can you read that again, that first part, Brother Fernando? Uh, Where it talks about New York? Yeah. Yeah, it says, uh, he says, I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. That's interesting because the words are accurate, right? First, he says, I see a plague coming on the world. That's exactly what happened, right? Yes. The plague came on the world first, and then he mentions New York City, right? That's accurate Mm -hmm. prophecy. That's exactly how it happened. And then he talks about the result of that once it hits, or even before then, because that's what happened, right, over all across South Korea into, into Europe. They began to shut the churches, right? Governments have begun to shut down, right? Right. And then it comes to New York, and the and the same thing has happened here. We have seen the, the the shutting of churches, and 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 then what does he say after that? What is he going to say after that? Uh, he said uh, the plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their and Bibles and to their Bibles, right? Because that's what we see happening. So we and and, and look, what I, I said I'll have to say this because when that prophecy came. It was totally out in left field because after the right, whole thing right. we were talking about uh, Jimmy Carter and all that stuff, uh, in 1980 there was a there was a gathering on the mall, the Washington Mall, where I think they said like half a million people showed up. I've seen the I've seen the footage, and I was alive. I mean I, I wasn't walking with God at the time, but I was alive and I remember seeing it. And these guys, they went and they asked God to heal our land. At, coming out of the 60s, out of the 70s, there was a sincere seeking of God. And 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 there are those who believe that out of that came uh, a transition from power as, as the sitting president was defeated and Ronald Reagan came to power. And then America began to transform from a from a from a completely economically devastated land that has lost all its confidence, so forth and so on. There was there was a sort of a return to uh, to God, and He indeed did heal the land, and we began to prosper under that administration. But but in the midst of that, we saw the same thing happen then that has been going mm-hmm. on now for the last three years, because then they began to attach themselves and equate Christianity with political power. You began to have things like right. uh, Jerry Falwell's moral majority, right? He, that rose up. Uh, Ralph Reed's uh, uh, organization, uh, I forget the name of it, but Ralph Reed was the head of it, uh, where he it was like a Christian watch group all up in politics. You know, they began to, 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 to attach themselves uh, religiously to political power. And in 1986, it was probably the height of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the, the Reagan administration there. Uh, uh, and and at that time is when when everything looked great, when everything looked wonderful. It's at that time that God gave Brother Wilkerson that prophecy you you read to us to start this podcast. So now what he said is actually come to pass in our day, and it's so interesting to me because this plague came upon this country, this pandemic, this sickness, whatever you want to call it, 
It came upon this country in precisely the same way in which the prophecy was originally given. And that is we saw a roaring economy. We saw a, a, a church give way to, 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 to lusting after political power. And, and they were holding rallies all across the nation, right? We're, get, we're great. We're going to make America great. We're this, we're that. No, I'm not preaching politics. I'm talking to you to look by the spirit what happened. And it was almost as if this this whole mega church uh, elite cultural charismatic uh, and Pentecostal elite ruling class merged itself with politics. And and at its height, which was in early January, uh, they be, they went over into Miami and held this big you know rally with all these charismatics and so forth and so on. All the while, Brother Wilkerson's prophecy was already coming to pass because. The, the virus had broken out in Wuhan, China, right? And it was making its way by, by mid-January. It began to cross into like Hong Kong and South Korea, and it began to slowly make its way into Western Europe. We began to see it spreading, just like he said. And the conditions of the fulfillment of this prophecy uh, are the same as when the prophecy was given. And so then yes. he says, right? So what does he say? He says that the that the result of the prophecy he gave he said the result of this plague that would shut down churches and shut down government would be what Fernando what does it say uh, people would begin to seek God right yeah it says it's going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles and repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit so this is what we're looking for it's an yeah. acknowledgement Speaking by the Spirit of God, right? He he calls out prayerless believers, mm. which is ironic because they always like to quote that scripture. And we talked about this several podcasts ago, right? If my people, which are called by my name, right, and they all shout and jump, they all ask, right? He'll heal our land. But the first thing he says is pray, right? If mm -hmm. my people, which are called by my name, will pray. And, and Brother Wilkerson identifies that at the time of the fulfillment of the prophecy that he gave in 1986, which came in to pass in our time, he's saying that the condition of the believer is one of prayerlessness. They don't pray. They don't seek God. They don't spend time with him. They don't set aside um, that relationship with him. And and just on a on a scriptural principle, any nation that forsakes its relationship with God, it won't be long until that nation begins to 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 have its foundational strengths chipped away, and over time it will decline into idolatry and 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 all sorts of madness, and that's what we've seen happen in our country. So, Brother Wilkerson points out it'll be a prayerless church that will be forced into prayer, and I and that's what we've been hearing a lot. Uh, in, in, in some of the testimonies that are coming our way from the little efforts we've been making with our podcast is that the word of right. God has begun to stir them, right? And and cause right. people to want to seek God. And 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 I know uh, by the Spirit of the Lord, that's happening all over the world, that true believers are beginning to come awake and are beginning to pray. If they wouldn't turn by the on, the, on, the approaching onslaught of the plague, it is the death and the destruction, the sadness, the despair, the horrific things that we're going to see and are seeing. I'll give you an example. Brother Fernando sent me a, a video and to us yesterday from Ecuador. 
it was the most frightening thing I think I've seen to, to date. I mean, I saw some pretty horrible things in China's smuggled out videos during this pandemic. But Ecuador, the lady that was reporting on it, was showing films of people in such despair that, that their loved ones are dying on the streets and they're just carrying them out on the streets and laying them on the sidewalks and lighting them on fire because they don't have yeah, anything yeah. else to do, right? This is madness, right? If yeah. these kinds of things, remember what Jesus said one of the signs would be of his Not just that, right? people, people, people were standing up and just dropping, you know, like flies. Uh, unconscious, yeah. like flies. So they're just standing up. And all of a sudden, they're just falling over because the, the the virus is completely destroying their 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 body, you know, their immune system or whatever. They're just falling over on the ground. Incredible. It is incredible. And that one uh, uh, that one aspect of that video uh, where they brought a coffin out of a house, right? And they just right. put, they put it up. They put it up on blocks like you would a car. You know, I mean, they just they put it up on those blocks and, and they I think the lady said they were getting left ready to it outside. It. Yeah, left it outside. Someone pick it up. And in another yeah. case, we saw we saw them. Uh, someone wrapped in a sheep just lit on fire right there on the spot. And, and in that's, another that's one, something it looked, we got. And that's something we got to consider. These are third world countries. They don't have the health care yeah. system we have. They don't have the medicines we have. They don't have the doctors we have. We're trying to control yeah. something here in our own country that we're having a hard time doing, you know, and and we're hoping that other countries control their situation. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's going out of control, you know, uh, and again, it's, it, it, we have to really, really think, you know, what's really taking place, you know, is this just mm-hmm. a thing that's going to come and go? Uh, you have to ask the question, this is not just hitting us, it's hitting third world countries. Can they even control the plague from spreading? No. You get what I'm saying? It's it's serious. It's yeah. very serious. Were you gonna I say read an article. Yeah, I read an mm-hmm. article this morning of a doctor describing the situation in the hospitals saying that he could you know, it's so hor it's so horrifying. There's so much terror that you can see the terror in the eyes of the people and the smell, he says, of death in the hospitals. Wow. And and, and that was very to me, that was very uh powerful it's, it's spiritual in innocence describe in essence describing the condition right now and you know brother as, as brother wilkerson you know gave this prophecy about praying and repenting the fact is is that when you read what you quoted brother marty in, in chronicles when people read if you know about the, the the verse if my people that are called by my name humble themselves pray and seek and and you know they turn from their wicked ways they don't. They never read the following verse where it says, "Now my eyes will open and my ears attentive to prayer offered in this place." Yeah. Which means a lot of the prayer, that so-called prayer that is going on, God is not even paying attention to it because <laughs> no, he can't. He's not right because yeah. because yeah. It, it's repentance that God is calling us first. It's to yes. repent. It's not just yeah. praying. Uh, let's pray, God, you know, bless us, and please take this corona so our lives can get back to normal. No, no. God is calling us to a turning away from our wicked ways. And until we do that in America, God will not listen to the prayers and be attentive to hear what we're saying. I just wanted to bring that out. And I don't, wanna, I don't want you to lose your train of thought. I know we're going somewhere with this. It goes back to what we've been talking about, uh, the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, right? 
yeah. uh, I couldn't help I couldn't help but think of you know when the, the that that family in Ecuador was taking out this dead body in a casket of of what we're wow. talking about right the death wow. that came to to Lazarus house mm-hmm. um and, and I imagine it it might have been something very similar you know but but remember also uh we're talking about true prayer true 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 seeking of God not this false pseudo seeking of God, if these these pseudo prayers, these false, you know, uh, uh, revivals. Remember, the, there was a part when Jesus groaned and he was troubled because he saw something that was taking place in the house. The Jews from Jerusalem came to comfort Mary and the family, and, and it seemed that they were weeping or, or comforting them along with Mary. Mary was weeping, and there was some kind of false. Uh, compassion or weeping that was coming from the Jews. So we see yeah. uh, a mixture of the two, a true cry and yeah. a false cry. And, and and that's exactly what moves Jesus and makes him groan in his spirit and troubles him because yeah. he sees a true cry coming out of his people, but he also sees a false cry. It's almost like the Jews were taking advantage of the moment. Right, yeah. they were they were yeah. taking advantage of the moment to 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 put a, 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 a you know to show the people that were looking at this situation like look we're here too we're we're comforting the people and we care but the truth of the matter is there was no repentance in their heart and that's what we're talking about here this is what's coming out of this it has to be a true a true life of prayer a true cry from the depths of your heart a true seeking of God like you've never sought him before. You know, what will the righteous do, right, the psalm says, if the foundations be destroyed? Right? That's what we're seeing right now. Amen. I I I just want to share that with you, but go ahead. No, that's powerful. And and that's, yeah, that's that's exactly what we're in the flow talking about is is I really sense that, that, that part that you guys are talking about and that part of the prophecy, which is is uh, prayerlessness, uh, a lack of of communication. Prayer is not an obligation. It's not a duty. It's not a um, what do I say? It's not a rule. It, it is the a expression burden. <laughs> a burden, right? You may yeah. have a burden when you're praying, if God gives you something for your heart. But prayer is 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 one of the one of the most powerful things that happened when Jesus died on Calvary. We are told that the veil in the in the very temple that 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 for thousands of years had had not allowed the Ark of the Covenant, if you will, the Holy of Holies, to ever be seen by God's children, for it represented that wall between man and God. When the Lord said it is finished and he into his hands, he commended his spirit to the father. The veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. Some scholars say that 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 veil was a curtain about 60 feet high and about four inches thick. And that even uh, 10 uh, oxen on either side of that veil could not pull it apart. And so when Jesus gave himself to the father and commended his spirit into his hand that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom two things we've heard it preached all the time oh yeah and everybody shouts now we can come into the holy of holies 
it's like be quiet and think about what's going on here whenever yeah. a, a father in in Judaism whenever a father or or a family would lose but it's chiefly the father this was what he would do when he would lose his only son or his firstborn son uh, uh he would take his his garment and he would tear it from the top to the bottom in a, in an outward expression of the intense inward grief at the loss of his child when Jesus perished on the cross, and we're in this Passover season now, we're headed to it. Good Friday is just a few days away, as they call it, although it really should be Good Thursday, but we'll talk about that in the next few days. But anyway, uh, when he when he gave himself into the hands of the Father, the the veil that was torn in the temple was a reflection of the pain, the anguish, and and the heartbreak of the Father, God in heaven. And the and the tearing of the veil was both a painful thing and at the same time a glorious thing. Because of what Christ did for you and me, the wall that was between us and the very throne room of God typified by the Holy of Holies being blocked by that curtain was now opened and made accessible to anyone who would believe and come to the Father by Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about prayer, it has to be understood first in that in that sense, the price that was paid in order for us to go to the Father. Secondly, the price that was paid by the Father in order for that to happen. The anguish, the pain, the sadness, even leading up to it, Jesus on the cross crying out, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God. The utter... Uh, placing upon Christ the sins of us all mm -hmm. so that his father couldn't even look at him was all part of, of, of opening access for us to come to the father and pray. So great was the desire of our master and our savior for that, that he went to the cross so that you and I could know his father. Think of the great love between the Father and the Son, and that the Son loved us so much that he wanted us to know him. And there was only one way to make that possible. It was by way of Calvary. And so when we talk about prayerlessness, what we are in, in effect saying is we don't value what you did. We wow. don't right. we don't we don't care. So what? I can just name it and claim it. I can throw out a few scriptures. I can bind it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is the reason we've come to such a condition. And the prophecy that the brother gave said that it's interesting because the component by the Spirit of God that he threw in there was the prayerlessness. If you have no prayer, you have no covering for your marriage. You have no covering for your relationship uh, in walking with God. You have no, you have no cocoon, if you will, over your children. You have nothing. It is the act of prayer that produces the fragrance. That's what we're talking about, Mary, right? She, in a tremendous act of prayer and worship before the feet of Jesus, produced a fragrance that filled the house. Brother Wilkerson said, "It's the prayerlessness." 
and that these events would come just as the scripture has predicted, because that's what we've been talking about, would expose that. The fact that we have a nation of non-praying so-called believers has opened up an access point for this type of evil to come. It has literally drawn judgment upon itself, for there is no barrier. There is no uh, you know, protective covering that, that, is, that is blossomed in, in prayer over families, over cities, over neighborhoods, over states, nations, and the whole world. And so Brother Wilkerson by the Spirit points that out in saying that, that when this happens, it, it, it's going to force the people to pray, if they will, that is. And that's why we brought out the death we've been seeing is so horrible and so egregious, it should move us to our knees. It shouldn't have taken us that much, but we should be shaken to our core saying, my God, the whole world is coming apart at the seams. And if that doesn't move you to prayer, because you're living in this country, you're a king's kid, you're 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 a best life now preacher, you're a, you're a host of a whole other false doctrine kind of minister, or a church full of compromise and idolatry. You're so when, hard. What, you're you're so hard. Last time, yes. <laughs> when was the last time you heard preachers preach on prayer? That's the problem. The people because they don't pray. pray because the preachers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of Ian Bounds. He said that a praying preacher begat a praying people, right? That's good. That's, yes, sir. That's why the people don't pray, because you don't see a life of prayer in the preachers. And you see it in their countenances. You see it in their the sound of their speech. Yes, sir. You, yes, sir. you just have to listen to them. The true men of God can listen to a preacher for a a minute or two, and they'll that's tell you right then and there if they if they have been praying or not. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You know, and, and and what are we being told in America? What the doctrine that is constantly being shoved into the ears of the Christ, the, the believers is it's not how much you pray, right? It's not how much you read your Bible. That's works, right? Yeah. Like if like if the problem of people is that they pray too much, their problem is the very opposite that they don't pray at all. Right? That's right. They right? pray. Yeah. Like if they like yeah. the problem is that they don't pray at all. And so all of this is not how much you pray, it's just your faith, right? Your faith yeah. in this, your yeah. faith in the cross. Confess it. Say it. You know, there is no praying mm-hmm. going on. And I think about this too, because I think about the other day as we were speaking. Remember, right before the death of Jesus Christ, Jesus finds himself in a place called Gethsemane. Right, brother. Where he is pouring out his heart, you know, as he is getting ready to be crucified. And and he takes a few of his church disciples there, representatives of the church, and he finds him sleeping not once, not twice, but three times. And he says, you could not pray with me for just an hour. A spirit of slothfulness, of 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 recklessness, of not discerning the time that was upon them. Church, we don't want to miss it. God is calling us right now to a place of intercession, of prayer, of crying out. And so, yes. you know, that that's where we're at. And brother Jeremy, what you said there is so profound. As the Spirit of God, you know, prompted you to, to think of that, 
because because what you said there is a, a spirit of slumber, a spirit of came on them, right? They couldn't they couldn't go to Gethsemane yet. And we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. it in the coming days this this Easter week. We're gonna explore those those subjects as well as, as the prophetic implication, Lord willing. But what you said there, a slumber came upon them. Now, let's just examine that because we've kind of got stuck on this prophecy where it said prayerless nets, which is so true because we were also talking about Second uh, Chronicles 7, 13, 14, and 15, right? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and, and, and pray. Um, yes. What we see in the garden experience is a perfect prophetic type of a, of a church that is prayerlessness, right? That is, does, doesn't have prayer. Because remember all along his ministry, Jesus, uh, it is said so many times, it said, and he, he, he went a stone's throw away and prayed, or he got up a, yes. a, a, a whole while before the sun come up, and he'd be up in the mountain praying. Yeah, after ministering all day, you know, he, 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 we don't need as much sleep as you think you need, preacher. <laughs> Trust mm, me. I mean, Jesus, Jesus would preach, right? Jesus, college students know that too, right, Jeremiah? <laughs> Amen. That's so true. <laughs> Right, you can do a lot more than you think on on a lot less sleep, right? So, but hey, Jesus, for the body people, <laughs> for the body people, you see preachers that give a two day revival and take a two a three, after that they take a three week vacation. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly true, man. Unfortunately, but but see, but see, when they by the time they get to that most crucial moment, it is the Lord who has built up a lifetime of prayer and, and, and you know so when he's able to bear up under hallelujah under that pressure you know and 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 that is why what we're talking about right now is that god has shut down the whole world he's speaking to many different groups and nations and kings and kingdoms and so forth and so on but he's primarily, uh, uh, he's allowed the world to be shut down, but he's primarily trying to get the attention of his church in the hopes that we will turn and take this time where we can't really go anywhere and begin to seek him because we are going to need the spiritual capital necessary to endure mm-hmm. up under what's just ahead of us because a Gethsemane is coming. Yes, a place is. of pressing is coming. Yes. yes. And, and, and and when they came up under that, you know, we could talk about that later in the, in the next couple of days because we're going to, Lord willing, because this week, you know, we've been leading up to this week, right? So, you know, we're going to get into the story. If you want to celebrate this week, then celebrate it with us because we're going to go through it. We're already in John chapter 12. We're going to go into 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And what we're going to see in that, is is the evolution of two churches we're going to see a church that comes out of it that reflects the glory of of a mary right who poured forth her prayer on the lord's feet it's going to be a glorious church but we're also going to see a a falling away church represented by judas who left the house when the fragrance filled it because that fragrance is only produced, and I like the way my wife told me, I got to give her a shout out for this. She said, don't forget that the ointment, (laughs) the ointment was very costly. That's what it said, right? John chapter 12, it was was very costly. Seeking God costs you something. 
Walking with Jesus costs you something. It costs you so many things. It costs it costs you your your very uh, self. Everything was poured into that ointment. Everything, but it filled the house with a fragrance of the spirit of the living God. And she is a type of that church. When we if we don't take this time where we are being forced, businesses are closed, people are at home. If we, the church now, I'm not talking to the world, man, I'm talking to the church. If you don't take the time to seek God now, you never will. And if you do take the time, understand this, you are being afforded, all of us are being afforded the time to cultivate the spiritual capital in relationship with God that's going to give us the kind of strength we need to endure the Gethsemane that the book of Revelation predicts is just ahead of us. Prayerlessness, he said, that it's designed to force the church back to prayer. Some will, some won't. But what's indicative of what Brother Wilkerson said and is consistent with the word of God is that he said, out of that prayer and that seeking of the word of God, it will produce preachers who will begin to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the great awakening that he was talking about, like Brother Fernando and Brother Jeremy and them were saying, it's not this hyper charismatic craziness that we see today that goes for a pseudo revival. It's not going to be the unfurling of ribbons and the waving of flags. It's not going to be the madness of yeah. laughing and, and, and running through the church and, you know, and, 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 and scantily clad praise and worship teams and, 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 and that madness. You're going to see that worse than it ever has been because that's the church that is going to fall away when we come out of this. But there's going to be a glorious church that awakens like Lazarus did when Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, come forth. God is calling forth a bride right now, and he's giving us the time to go to the the spiritual gym, if you will, and begin to exercise those spiritual muscles and prepare for battle, because that's what's coming. A battle between the forces of light and darkness such has not been seen since the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what Jesus said. And so we need to encourage each other And we're trying to encourage you by this podcast today. It's time to pray. But I don't know how to pray. Well, nobody does. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. You couldn't even be saved if it wasn't the Holy Spirit who drew you to God, who drew you to Jesus. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him, and the Father draws us to the Lord by the Spirit. So if you've ever been saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But it's just so hard for, for me. I don't know how to do Just start. Well, how do I talk? I don't know how to. Just talk to it. Like we're talking to each other right now. And like I'm talking to you who are listening. That's how I talk to God. I just come to him and say, God, I'm a mess. <laughs> I need you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God, help me. You know, God, whatever. But I start talking. I talk to him about my wife, you know, how much I love her and how much I need him to make me a better husband, a better father, a better neighbor, a better minister. Oh, God, you know, my children, they need this. They need that. Please protect them. I thank him. 
Thank you for protecting my children. Thank you for the peace I feel when I go into their home. Thank you for the great relationship I have with my wife. Thank you for separating me from this world and delivering me from everything that ever bound me. Thank you for taking that lust out of my heart. Thank you for uh, setting me free from prescription drugs, for God's sake. I mean, for 20 years I was on that stuff. So about two years ago, God set me free. When I finally cried out to him in, in deep, deep reflection, I was so tired of being bound by these stupid pills that a doctor would give me. And I said, God, help me. And he did. He took it from me. I haven't had a pill since. I'm free by the power of Almighty God. I began to pray. I began to seek him. I began to pray over my children. Some of them, you know, uh, you know, were off in different directions. God has brought them all around me. I began to pray for my community, my friends, and, 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 and acquaintances we once had. And suddenly we're getting phone calls from them. And they're like, tell us what's going on. You know, they're beginning to seek God. What is your point? There's a lot to pray about. So don't think that yeah. you don't have a lot to pray about. You know, make yourself a list. It may seem very systematic and robotic to you at first, but I guarantee you, if you get on your knees, if you can, or sit in your chair or whatever, you turn off all the television and everything that can distract you. And the best time, I think, is early in the morning. If you can do it or late at night, whatever, you find that moment and just take a sincere heart to him and begin to cry out to him now while we have a chance. Because you're going to need to know how to pray, how to get a hold of God, how to be led by the Spirit in these times. Don't you think that when we come out the other end of this sickness and pandemic that it's just going to be happy days are here again? Forces mm -hmm. behind the scenes are manipulating the entire planet and creating a framework so that when we emerge from this, it's going to be a completely different system and a completely different world. It is going to be quite possibly the beginning of what the Bible calls the tribulation period, or at least the beginning of sorrows. And so God has shed us away, and he warned us 33 years ago in this country through his great prophet, Brother Wilkerson. So we're encouraging you to pray. We're encouraging you to seek the Lord. And we're, and we're asking you to pray for us as well as we pray and seek the Lord. Because the days ahead... Amen are going to be very frightening, as the Bible says. But to God's people, he said, he's going to keep them from the hour of trial. He's going to protect your soul, your spirit, your family, if you press into him. And and we know the end of the book, right? <laughs> yeah, right. There's, there's victory for the child of God ahead. So it, it's a yeah. little season, and then Jesus will come. And so, you know, I, I just felt like the Spirit of God took us in this direction today. As we go forward in the coming days, I encourage you, take these podcasts and send them to as many people as you can and ask them to send them to as many people as the Lord leads them to send them to. Because this week, by the Spirit of the Lord, if he permit, we're going to continue on in this story. What we're going to see is a complete unfolding of the divine instruction for our time. And we're going to see in the Word of God the things that he has kept hidden but is now quite possibly unlocking by the Spirit of the Lord, just as he told the prophet Daniel he would in Daniel chapter 10, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 10, where he said, none of the wicked are going to understand what's happening. He said, but the wise are going to understand. They will be purified, they will be tried, and they will be made altars of sacrifice, made white. That's literally what that means. Jesus is coming. While you have a chance, 
while you can, take some time, spend with him, and he will begin to unlock his word to you, guide you, direct you, and lead you in these dark times. He will also connect you with other fellow believers because the church in essence is returning to the condition it was in, like Brother Fernando said the other day, during the book of Acts. We love you and and, and we look forward to tomorrow's podcast with you. You have a wonderful day and may God bless you. Brothers, would you close this out? Yes. Go ahead, Pastor. Yes. Tremendous, tremendous word uh, of the Lord. Tremendous uh, prophecy that we're seeing. And truly, um, I'm so glad, Brother Marty, that you you answered a, that question. Because that's many people have that question. How do I pray? I don't even know how to pray. You know, and, and prayer, as we learn, has many doors. There's different doors of prayer. But you will never find out the depths of prayer until you first walk in. And, and what Brother Marty was 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 encouraging us is 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 to simply you know go to the you know even even being I, I've been as honest with God and let me just tell you this there's been times I said God I don't even know how to pray I don't even feel it and and I've noticed when you're honest with that God will put something because you can't even pray unless the Lord draws you right that's and right He is that's drawing right. you. Right. He is drawing you unto himself right now because you're listening. You're being awakened. If, if you make a simple, a simple search for what the word awakening means, it's an act or moment of becoming, listen to this, suddenly aware of something. And, wow. and I truly believe that that's what God is doing with these podcasts. There's a sudden awareness that, that is coming upon, you know, that is, that is bearing witness with your spirit of what God is already has been trying to tell you we are confirming it. The word is being confirmed. It's a sudden awakening. And, and, and brothers, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, we, we have heard testimonies of people saying that very same thing. It's like my awareness. I, I just suddenly become aware, like, what in the world is going on? And that's exactly, that's exactly the intended purpose of to awaken the hearts, to touch those Marys those uh, Marthas, those Lazarus, those Simon the lepers that God is already dealing with. And, 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 you, and he has brought you in connection with these podcasts, with this word to encourage you. And so we pray that you are encouraged today. God is calling us to pray. This is the hour. This is the moment that, that God is calling us to press in, in Jesus' name. And so... Once again, as Brother Marty said, it's good to have you with each and every one of us to be with, that you would join us. And, and thank you for joining us. And I hope that you can join us tomorrow. As Lord willingly, we will be uh, coming back to you again. May God bless you and keep looking up. <laughs>